Thank you, Heavenly Father, for June 29th. We love you. We praise you. Lord, we thank you that you said, first seek the kingdom of God and your righteousness, Lord. And Lord, and not to worry about tomorrow, but rejoice, Lord, that we don't have to worry about what shall we drive, what shall we eat, where shall we live, what shall we dress. But in seeking you things, our Father, my Daddy in Heaven, knows those things that we need, Lord. All we are are to be obedient and to thank you for what we see and praise you for what we don't see, Lord. And thank you for simplifying our lives. We believe, Lord. So take us to the next level, Lord. Give us skill and knowledge in living with by your word, Lord. For every word of God we live by. And Lord, we thank you for being with us as we read your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for the air that we breathe and the oxygen that's right there, Lord. And for the beautiful day. It's just created by the Lord. I mean, it gets beautiful and more beautiful. And Father, we just thank you that we go to sleep knowing that the sun will rise in the morning because in this earth you have created, you hold all things together, Father. You're the one. All your fullness hugs this earth, Lord, and you love your people. We're grateful, Lord. We're thankful. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 31 to chapter 25, verse 30. No, 15, verse 1. You're on July 4th. Oh, I'm on June 29th. Uh, sorry about that. We're behind, and Anna, I was hoping she wouldn't disclose that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I just... Oh, I'm the one who's wrong. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We're behind, and I didn't want the... The people to know that we were... Yeah, well, everything that's in the dark will come out to the light for the <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Boy, she jumped on me like white on rice. Second Kings chapter first, 15, verse 1 to sixteen twenty. Thank you, my prudent wife, June 29th. Uzziah, I like to name a kid Uzziah, son of Amasiah, began to rule over Judah... In the 27th year of the reign of King Jeroboam II of Israel, he was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. Wow. His mother was Jecoliah from Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amasiah had done, but... He did not destroy the pagan shrines, and the people still offered sacrifices and burned incense there. The Lord struck the king with leprosy, which lasted until the day he died. He lived in isolation in a separate house. The king's son, Jotham, was put in charge of the royal palace, and he governed the people of the land. The rest of the events of Uzziah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. When Uzziah died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David, and his son, Jotham, became the next king. Zechariah, son of Jeroboam II, began to rule over Israel in the 38th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria six months, 
Zechariah did, did what was evil in the Lord's sight and his ancestors as his ancestors had done. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Then Shalom, son of Jabesh, conspired against Zechariah, assassinated him in public, and became the next king. The rest of the events of Zechariah's reign are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. So the Lord met the Lord's so the Lord's message to Jehu came true. Your descendants will be kings of Israel down to the fourth generation. Shalom, son of Jabesh, Jabesh began to rule over Israel in the 39th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. Shalom reigned in Samaria only one month. Then Menahem, son of Gadi, went to Samaria from Tirzah, and assassinated him, and he became the next king. The rest of the events of Shalom's reign, including his conspiracy, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. At that time, Menahem destroyed the town of Tapua and all the surrounding countryside as far as Terzah, because its citizens refused to surrender the town. He killed the entire population and ripped open the pregnant women. Menahem, son of Gadi, began to rule over Israel in the 39th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria ten years, but Menahem did what was evil in the Lord's sight during his entire reign. He refused to turn from his sins that Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Then King Tiglath Pileser of Assyria invaded the land, but Manahem paid him 37 tons of silver to gain his support and tighten his grip on royal power. Manahem extorted the money from the rich of Israel, demanding that each of them pay 50 pieces of silver to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned from attacking Israel and did not stay in the land. The rest of the events in Manahem's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Manahem died, his son, Pekahiah, became the next king. Pekahiah, son of Manahem, began to rule over Israel in the 50th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria two years. Pekahiah did what was evil in the sight, Lord's sight. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Then Pekah, son of <laughs> Remaliah, the commander of Pekahiah's army, conspired against them with 50 men from Gilead. Pekah assassinated the king along with Argob and Ariah in the citadel of the palace of Samaria and Pekah reigned in his place. The rest of the events of Pekahiah's reign and everything he did it are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. Pekah, son of Remaliah, began to rule over Israel in the 52nd year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 20 years, but Pekah did what was evil in the Lord's sight. 
he refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. During Pekah's reign, King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria attacked Israel again, and he captured the town of Aijon. Abel, Bet, Macha, Janoah, Kadesh, and Hasor. He also conquered the reigns of Gilead, Galilee, and all of Naphtali, and he took the people of Assyria as captives. Then Hosea, son of Elah, Hoshea, son of Elah, conspired against Pekah and assassinated him. He began to rule over Israel in the 20th year of Jotham, son of Uzziah. The rest of the events and Pekah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. Jotham, son of Uzziah, began to rule over Judah in the second year of King Pekah's reign in Israel. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. His mother was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. Jotham did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. He did everything his father Uzziah had done, but he did not destroy the pagan shrines, and the people still offered sacrifices and burned incense there. He rebuilt the upper gate of the temple of the Lord. The rest of the events in Jotham's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. In those days, the Lord began to send King Rezin of Aram and King Pekah of Israel to attack Judah. When Jotham died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David, and his son Ahaz became the next king. Ahaz, son of Jotham, began to rule over Judah in the 17th year of King Pekah's reign in Israel. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. He did not do what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. His God and his ancestor David has done, as his ancestor David had done. Instead, he even followed the example of the kings of Israel, even sacrificing his own son in the fire. In this way, he followed the detestable practice of the pagan nations the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. He offered sacrifice and burned incense at the pagan shrines and on the hills and under every green tree. Then King Rezin of Aram and King Pekah of Israel came up to attack Jerusalem. <clears throat> they besieged Ahaz, but could not conquer him. At that time, the king of Edom recovered the towns of Elan for Edom. He drove out the people of Judah and sent Edomites to live there, as they do this day. King Ahaz sent messengers to King Tiglath, Pileser of Assyria, with his message. I am your servant and your vassal. Come up and rescue me from the attacking armies of Aram and Israel. Then Ahaz took the silver and gold from the temple of the Lord and the palace treasury and sent in his payment to the Assyrian king. So the king of Assyria attacked our Armenian capital of Damascus and led his population away as captives, resettling them in Kur. He also killed King Rezin. King Ahaz then went to Damascus to meet with King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria. While he was there, he took special note of the altar. Then he sent a model of the altar to Uriah, the priest, along with his design to full detail. Uriah followed the king's instructions and built an altar just like it, 
and it was ready before the king returned from Damascus. When the king returned, he inspected the altar and made an offering on it. He presented a burnt offering and a grain offering. He poured out a liquid offering, and he sprinkled the blood of peace offering on the altar. Then King Ahaz removed the old bronze altar from its place in front of the Lord's temple between the entrance and the new altar and placed it on the north side of the new altar. He told Uriah the priest, use the new altar for the morning sacrifices of burnt offerings and evening grain offerings. The king's burnt offerings and grain offerings and burnt offerings of all the people as well as the grain offerings and liquid offerings. Sprinkle the blood from all the burnt offerings and sacrifices on the new altar. The bronze altar will be for my personal use only. Uriah the priest did just as the king Ahaz commanded him. The king removed the side panels and basins from the portable water carts. He also removed the great bronze basin called the sea from the backs of the bronze and oxen and placed it on the stone pavement. In, in deference to the king of Assyria, he also removed the canopy that had been constructed inside the palace for use on the Sabbath day, as well as the king's outer entrance to the temple of the Lord. The rest of the events of Ahaz's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. When Ahaz died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son, Hezekiah, became the next king. Amen. Wow. What an incredible story. This Ahas, I didn't know if he was for the Lord or not, but it says that uh, he, uh, he, did, he did not do what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord his God and his answer is David. But, right. And it's interesting how he went somewhere to the Syrian and he picked up that they had uh, an altar there, but but it wasn't inspired like the one Solomon was inspired by God to make. He moved the bronze altar, which the metal has to do something about it, mm-hmm. and then he removed the 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 sea, the bronze the bronze sea, which you know eleven thousand gallons or whatever used mm-hmm. to fit in there. I want I I think he was giving that stuff to the king, wasn't he? Yeah, it says right here. It says. Uh uh, king Ahaz sent messengers to King Tigla Pilsir of Assyria with this message I am your servant and your vassal come up and rescue me from the attacking armies of Aram and Israel then Ahaz took the silver and gold from the temple of the Lord and the palace treasury and sent it as payment I don't think he should have done that well he took it from the, the Lord's temple Okay. That's wrong. Well, you know, just a few, you know, how did it get a few chapters before? I remember the guy came in into Jerusalem and took everything because the guy uh, fought him. And remember, look, there was this twistle and this, you know, he's giving an example. He says, stay at home or else I'm going to beat you up. And the guy did it and he came in and he, in other words, the Jerusalem was plummeted already. And again, the, what happens to citizens, they pay their tithes, they bring their from all over, and more money is increased. Mm-hmm. The economy is so well. And then that's where the guy took it. But uh, right here it says, uh, what sort of picture does First and Second Kings paint of Israel's faith, faithfulness yeah, to God? Here. Let's read this. 
Go ahead and read a bit. Okay, it says, Many kings and Judah were commended for doing what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. Joash was personally involved in repairing the temple, 2 Kings 12, 6-12. Amaziah is praised for punishing his father, Joash's assassins, in keeping with the law of Moses. 2 Kings 14, 5-6. His son Uzziah and his grandson Jotham followed in Amaziah's footsteps. 2 Kings 15, 3, 34. Hezekiah's trust in the Lord led to the removal of the pagan shrines and idolatrous objects. 2 Kings 18, 3-6. We're not there yet. Josiah a commanded, is commended for having a heart like his ancestor David for the many reforms that he instituted and for his unqualified concern of the law of the Lord. 2 Kings 23-25 Through the books, book of Kings, David's heart for God is held up as a model for godly obedience to the Lord. 1 Kings 14-8, 2 Kings 22-2 Although those kings remained faithful to God's laws, neither Solomon nor the people followed the Lord completely. In the northern kingdom, the king after Jeroboam consistently sponsored apostate religion incorporating the worship of Baalah and other pagan deities. 1 Kings 16, 2, 19. The Lord judged, condemned, and dis uh, such disobedience and infidelity through the history of the divided kingdom. In the northern kingdom, dynasty after dynasty fell while the people suffered drought, famine, and war. They learned of too painfully that although spiritual obedience brings God's blessing, Disobedience will incur his severest judgment. Deuteronomy 28, 1-68, 1 Samuel 15, 13-23. Amen. That's a special note inserted today in June 29. Most asked questions. That's a pretty good overview of the kings. Here's another one that says in today's study, this is Uzziah, who was also known as Asariah, was devoted to God and enjoyed God's blessings in many ways. During his 52-year reign, he rebuilt and fortified the walls of Jerusalem, and Judah gained independence from Israel. Uzziah's devotion to God helped Judah enjoy peace and prosperity that Judah had not experienced since the days of Solomon. Although Uzziah accomplished a great deal, he followed the example of his father Amaziah and grandfather Joash by failing to destroy the pagan shrines in Judah. Uzziah's father and grandfather were basically good kings, but they were poor role models in this important area. Each of us has blind spots from things that we've grown up with or gotten used to. For Uzziah, the pagan shrines had always been there. He followed the examples he saw, but God commanded, commanded deeper changes. Jesus provides a perfect role model. No matter how you were raised or who has influenced your life, Jesus should be your example. Amen. It's important to pay close attention to how he lived and what he thought, taught. When you read about Jesus' life, imagine how you can follow his example. That's good. And the one that I really, uh, Cash Luna was on today, and he would, yeah. and he told, no, it wasn't not Cash Luna, it was uh, the other guy, uh, Keith Moore. Yeah. We were listening, and Keith Moore was giving us examples, and yeah. he said, he told Peter, 
Peter was complaining, hey, what about John right here, you know? Yeah. He's a, he's a kiss-ass. John goes around kissing butt. And Jesus tells him, what did he say? What is that to you? Follow you, me. And you know, excuse me for saying kiss butt in that yeah. in the Bible study. I apologize. Yeah, thank you. But you know, they were men and they were rough men. They were truck drivers, you know. And uh, they weren't, you know, a lot of the things weren't recorded. I'm sure they had fist fights. They had jealousy. They had little groups that, that fitted to each other. And Jesus was always playing referee in there. But the point I'm making is that Jesus is our jubilee. Amen. Jesus is our, he is Peter's jubilee. When he needs wisdom, uh, when Jesus was raised from the dead, uh, Peter had it. When when uh, Peter needed power and confidence, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he sent the Holy Spirit. Peter had it. So when 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 Peter needed love and compassion, you know, when he had it with Jesus, yeah. and, and he was equipped. To do the ministry, he had confidence. He was a changed man right. through the race, through seeing Jesus as a loving example, obeying his father, go to the cross because of his love for humanity. Mm-hmm. He was, like Cash Luna said, he was crucified for saying, Abba, Daddy. Mm. Basically, that's why they were blasphemy. Because mm. yeah, he was saying, right. Abby, yeah. Abby, no, Abba, Father. Yeah. And that, and he's, and Cash Luna said, that is our rightful privilege today to call Abba Father Amen. our daddy and to communicate Amen. him in prayer Lord I'm asking you for a blue uh, Hummer a dark blue Hummer brand new never been used before Lord for uh, because you're my daddy now I'm throwing my fate way out there huh I have what do I have Lord I have I have a ring that's worth a little bit of gold Lord I ask you to multiply it a million times Lord and we thank you for it and I got off the subject. So Jesus is our everything. Amen. Now that he reigns as victor in the heavens, he sends us wisdom, strength, and love to do his work. Amen. He supplies us. Amen. He, God is able, exceedingly Amen. abundantly above all Amen. we think. And That's we, right. right now as we were reading this stuff, I realized how much peace we have in this atmosphere right now. Hmm. We have peace. We have time. We don't have fires burning. We don't have emergencies. We got peace, and that's because we seek to to watch out for our blind spots, watch out for what we hear, watch out what we listen to, how we act, what we say, and is it concurrent with the Word of God? Does it does it glorify God? Does it does it keep uh, the the uh, the cause of Jesus alive? The way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Very good. Thank you, babe. You're next. Okay, Acts, Acts 19, chapter 13, please. Acts chapter 19, verse 13 to 20, today's study. The sons of Sceva were impressed by Paul's power to drive out demons. His power came from God's spirit rather than witchcraft and was obviously more powerful than theirs. They discovered, however, that no one can control or duplicate God's power. These men were calling on the name of Jesus without knowing him personally. The power to change people's lives comes from Christ. It cannot be unlocked by reciting his name like a magic charm. 
God works his power only through those he chooses. The contrast between Paul and the sons of Sceva was not lost on the people of Ephesus, Acts 19, verse 17. The resulting fear caused the inhabitants to honor and respect the name of the Lord Jesus. It led many to confess and forsake their sinful practices, including sorcery. The power of Jesus is undeniable, people. Some may represent Jesus in ways that you dislike or disagree with, but Jesus is Lord over everyone, even those who misrepresent him. Instead of telling them to stop, focus on representing Jesus in the best way you can. Jesus told his disciples, anyone who is not against us is for us. Mark chapter 9, verse 40. Beautiful, Amen. beautiful. Okay, Acts 19, verse 13 to 41. A group of Jews um, was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus. When Paul preaches to come out, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. <laughs> wow. Seven sons of Sceva. Um, and the story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burnt them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia and Acacia, or Achaia, 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 before going to Jerusalem. And ap after that, he said, I must go to Rome. He sent his two assistants, Timothy and Aristus, ahead to Macedonia while he stayed a while longer in the province of Asia. About that time, serious uh, double, about that time, serious trouble developed. In Ephesus concerning the way it began with Demetrius a silversmith who had a large business manufacturing sh uh, silver shrines of the Greek goddess Artemis Artemis he kept many craftsmen busy he called them together along with others employed in similar trades and addressed them as follows gentlemen you know that our wealth comes from this business but you have seen and heard this man Paul has persuaded many people that handmade gods are really gods at all. Um, and he's done this not only here in Ephesus, but throughout the entire province. Of course, I'm not just talking about the loss of public respect for our business. I'm also concerned that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will lose its influence and that Artemis, this magnificent goddess worshipped throughout the province of Asia and all around the world, will be robbed of her great prestige. 
At this, their anger boiled, and they began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Soon the whole city was filled with confusion. Whoa. Everyone rushed to the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, who were Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. Paul wanted to go in too, but the believers wouldn't let him. Some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, also sent a message to him, begging him not to risk his life by entering the amphitheater. Inside, the people were all shouting someone, one thing. Some, some one thing and some another. Everything was in confusion. In fact, most of them didn't even know why they were there. The Jews in the crowd pushed Alexander forward and told him to explain the situation. He mentioned, he motioned for silence to try to speak, but when the crowd realized he was a Jew, they started shouting again and kept it up for about two hours. <laughs> Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. At, the, at, the, at last, the, ma the mayor was able to quiet them down enough to speak. Citizens of Ephesus, he said, everyone knows that Ephesus is the official guardian of the temple of the great Artemis, whose image fell down to us from heaven. Since this is an undeniable fact, you should stay calm and not do anything rash. You have brought these men here, but they have stolen nothing from the temple and have not spoken against our goddess. If Demetrius and the craftsmen have a case against them, the courts are in session and the officials can hear the case at once. Let them make formal charges. And if there are complaints about other matters, they can settle in a legal assembly. I'm afraid we're in danger of being charged with rioting by the Roman government. Since there's no cause for all this commotion, and if Rome demands an explanation, we won't know what to say. Then he dismissed them, and they dispersed. Amen. You know, it's uh, really interesting how, uh, you know, it could be really exciting to see, uh, you know, when I first saw some, uh, a man healed about 40 people, and they all fell down, and they were hit with laughter, I wanted that, you know. I wanted that, I wanted that ministry, and, and I sought it for a long time. To uh, be able to do that, because you know you, you you have good intentions. Now, right here, a group of Jews were traveling from the town from casting out evil spirits. Mm -hmm. they, they they you know they were had good intentions. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can't. Uh, they tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus. They tried in concession, saying, you know what they saw, but they haven't made a real commitment to them. Right. Uh, so the and, and you know the uh, the evil spirits know the truth. They know the truth. They speak the truth. Um, when the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence, they that they fled from the house naked and battered. Wow. You know I can use this uh, in AA. You know the scripture. I can say. I was the man that the evil alcohol just leaped on me out of the bottle. Right. It overpowered me and attacked me with such violence, trying to take my life, that I came running to AA, to this house, naked and battered. You know, I can use that to uh, speak the Word of God. And yeah. the story, and it's beautiful that, uh, you know, and also to the other thing that comes up to, 
Okay, what other point? I got another point. Let me think on it. But you know, it was used that, so the message about the Lord spread widely and the differences of not being born again. That was a great illustration for people to use that the devils, concerning devils and people, it says yeah. you must make a commitment to the Lord yes, Jesus Christ amen. because they say a, a solemn fear descended on the city. Why would a solemn fear descend? Because the story of what happened spread legally. If you don't have a ticket to heaven, if you don't have protection of the Lord Jesus Christ, so it was used for good. Yeah, I can only like hear like, the way they were trying to command the Spirit out, they say, um, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches to come out. <laughs> That'd be like somebody, you know, doing repeating what we're saying. Well, in the name of Jesus, um, the way Anna speaks for that demon to come out. So they weren't really giving the Lord the whole power because they're saying who Paul preaches. It's like, well, I don't it's really like know me, you, but me, I'm just going to repeat that. It's just a whatever. I mean, like going to a car dealership, I said... Uh, give me that car. Your payment is what the Trump money has. Trump, yeah. you know. So, I have, so that was kind of interesting that they tried it. You know, they were, like you said, they had good intentions, but they didn't know how to use Jesus' power because they really didn't fully know how to take the authority after, you know, he died and gave us the authority. He, they didn't know the full gospel to walk around with that power, and the demons took over. It's like, I, I, I don't know you, I know him, and I know Jesus, but who are you? you so, so you just made me realize that if this story, we can still use it today to cause, uh, so people will get, um, make a, a good judgment of themselves and their past, and, and then come to Jesus for, at least they have enough sense to go to the water source and drink the living water. See, the story will cause them to lick... Yeah. To drink the living waters, my story will cause people to, to help them yeah, you know, drink the living water. And kind of what you said when you came home the other day, the guy said, well, I've been praying to Buddha, but he's not doing anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Like he's recognizing that Buddha isn't... There's powerless. power. Yeah, he's recognizing a different... You know, the story. beauty is because person went from testimony to testimony right. to testimony mm -hmm. that they heard the word of God mm -hmm. in their hearts and how they... You know, one lady says she'd been in a rehab for 12 times. And finally something gets caught. I had learned to trust God and relax. And he's listening. And I can tell by body languages that he wants to talk. And I said, Tim, open up your heart to us. And then yeah, he just poured it out. You know? Hallelujah. I was in Allowing control of the meeting, you know. And just, yeah. and just, and then I had that girl with 33 days mm -hmm. speak. And her sponsor was just gleaming with joy that they were pulling these things out of her relationship with God, you know, or how she, she viewed the points. So yeah, we're doing and, the work of God there. Yeah, and I really like how, um, you know, said how the story spread quickly. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices, and a number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. And the value was several million dollars. That's a lot of books. That's a well, lot of books to well, be burning. Well, you know, they, they were burning thousand-year-old books. Yeah. They were five-hundred-year-old books. That's what they're talking the about. The value of the books. The value yeah. is that they, they had books like the, um, same for instance, the Egyptians 
had ways to change things from from the spirit realm. Yeah. Pastor Chol talks about that. Pastor yeah. Chol says that he says, I always wonder how the Egyptians were able to make snakes, how they were able to, to duplicate God's things, and God showed him that in the spirit realm is where all the fighting and the angels right. and devils going uh-huh. on. He goes, they can go and they can manipulate this to cause things changes. So we too, because, you know, we call on the angels and the word of God. The right. word, If we can get the word of God solidly stable over our heads that follow us like a GPS, like a satellite, it just stays there. Uh, we're yeah, covered. you know, the word of God, you go, to, you go into that realm of the spirit where you declare God's word. I don't know if it, I think it was I don't know if it was Keith or Luna that was saying you know oh there um, I have a different spirit of faith and therefore I believe therefore I speak mm-hmm. so when I'm taking God's word and I'm speaking it forth and I'm using it with my authority that I've been given and I declaring it and speaking it in the in the atmosphere around me then the word has they have to obey the truth the truth prevails in all situations so there's a war going up up ahead of us but as a Christian and a powerful believer I have authority to ch- make change I have authority now you just brought another point like Cash Luna he was uh, praying for his kids your word says that my kids will be mighty in, in the land your says, word says that all the ones will be saved in Christ Amen. Jesus your word says Lord Satan you're a liar you're That's defeated right. by the blood of Jesus yeah. Christ my children will be mighty in the land they will serve the Lord God and sing songs to Him. They are created in the image of God. Christ Jesus. They are Hallelujah. the righteousness of God. They are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Satan is defeated by the blood, blood of the Lamb, Lamb and the word of our testimony. testimony. We declare freedom. Yeah. Hallelujah. The truth shall have set them free. free. Amen. And they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Spirit Jesus. of the Lord is there. No more poverty. Freedom. No, no more, more sickness and disease. No right. more condemnation. Right. They are and more than conquerors through Christ that strengthens them. Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, Amen. I'm not done. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, I, you know, it goes back to, you know, how the, the people that were creating the silver for these gods um, and how they were saying that Paul's going around and pretty soon they were so concerned that their god wasn't going to be able to, you know, to be um, worshipped um, at all. Um, so, it says, at this their anger boiled and they began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Soon the whole city was filled with confusion. When they began to declare a God that's powerless, confusion mm. came in. Confusion came in. They went to this place in the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Articus, who were Paul's traveling companions. And so they went into this amphitheater and they really didn't know why they were there. They're confused. You know, when their spirit of confusion comes in, it's confusing. <laughs> you don't know what to do. Why are you here? I don't know, you know. So um, it just goes to show you that our God is a real God. And, and, you know, these Buddhas and these statues that you see, you know. I, well, you know, it's, it's amazing how Satan works because he says right here, we all know it's the truth that she came down from heaven. You know, all these uh, people believe in myths. Right, right. And we have them in every 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 country. Yes, yes. People believe in, in the Queen Mary, the Mary, Allah. different names, right, Guadalupe, right, this and that. Right. You know, and that's why we, 
or to put our hope in the coming of Jesus and, and his love to the Bless cross, his obedience to the Lord. You know, that's what we meditate on. So what do you meditate on? You meditate on the love, how Jesus went into the cross and you derive after your meditation, you get joy, you get power, you get glory to do this work here. Uh, another thing that you, that really stands out is um, citizens of Ephesus. Right. Uh, they uh, they had they had civil law and they all abided. And the citizens of Ephesus were mixed races. There were Greeks and Jews, and they weren't all Jews because remember they started shouting when they saw that the guy was a Jew who was going to start speaking oh, to yeah. them, uh -huh. and then they shouted for two hours. Right. So they had, uh, but they were, they would conform when they said Rome, Rome law says that, you know, they're going to take this as a, you know, commotion. So uh, they, they, they dismissed, they said, we'll take, we'll have laws, take the assemblies. You know, it just goes to show that uh, they're, you know, they, they, ex they accept uh, words and rules. And, you know, what's one that amazes me about the Jewish people is that, is that they have so much literature that goes into their system and they live and they they talk to each other about the literature about the law of moses about writing about washing and cleanliness and eating you know it just there's no other nation in the world or or other in in the, that has you know so much literature that they abided by mm -hmm. i mean who else the greeks maybe uh, you know we don't have their literature today there they, we got a little bit of their um, and that's what we are. We have the New Testament, Amen. you know, and we refer to it constantly, you know. So who do you think you are, Fernando? Follow me, Jesus. And that humbles me. Amen. That's right. Okay, you want to finish it off, babe? Okay, so anyways, yeah, there was confusion everywhere. Just amazed how they called forth their God and the God brought confusion. <laughs> and, and it's interesting that Paul hasn't written the book of Ephesus uh -uh. yet. We get a good good um, understanding of what mixture of people were in there. Yeah. Okay, so thank you, Lord. Tonight we'll be on 30. And then we'll only... 45. Okay, baby, I'm recording right now. Okay. All right, uh, Psalm 147, 1 to 20. Praise the Lord. How good to sing praises to our God. Why don't you, you read a little prayer right there? Pray okay. the prayer. Ask God to heal broken-hearted people that you know and to help them to trust in Him. Lord, we pray for broken-hearted people, people, Lord yes, God, Lord. that they may know you Amen. and help them to trust Amen. in you, Lord. Give us this miracle, Daddy, we pray. Amen. Jesus in name. Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Praise the Lord. How good to sing praises to our God. How delightful and how fitting. The Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing the, tech, the exiles back to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds and he counts the stars and calls them by all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. The Lord supports the humble, but he brings the wicked down into the dust. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with a harp. He covers the heavens with clouds, provides rain for the earth, and makes the grass grow in mountain pastures. He gives food to the wild animals and feeds the young ravens when they cry. He takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might. 
No, the Lord delights in those who fear him, those who put their hope in his unfailing love. Glorify the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for he has strengthened the bars of your gates and blessed your children within your walls. He sends peace across your nation and satisfies your hunger with the finest wheat. Amen. He sends his orders to the world. How swiftly his word flies. Wow, Lord, how swiftly the word flies. He sends the snow like white wool. He scatters frost upon the ground like ashes. He hurls the hill like stones. Who can stand against his freezing cold? Then at his command it all melts. He sends his winds and the ice thaws. He has revealed his words to Jacob, his decrees and regulations to Israel. He has not done this for any other nation. They do not know his regulations. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 4 to 5. Wise words are like deep waters. Wisdom flows, like, or wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook. It's not right to acquit the guilty or deny justice to the innocent. Amen. Amen. Greetings. Welcome to today's podcast. We'll be reading Matthew 24. The destructive of the temple and the signs of the ends of time. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the reading of your word. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see a heart to receive your word and your instructions. In Jesus' name we pray. We ask you, be here with us in this reading. Amen. Thank you for that, Father. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him and to call his attention to his buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked. Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and to the, of the end of the age? And Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and I will and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all the nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place, 
the abomination that causes desolation, spoken through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it would be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress unequally from the beginning of the world until now. And never to be equaled again. In those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, Look here, the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he he is, out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Whether there is carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the signs of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fire fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about the day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what was, would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it would be with the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, and one will be taken and the other left. Therefore keep watch before you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour 
when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household, to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant wicked is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of the servants will come one day when he does not expect him, and an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. I believe uh, verse 45 should be coupled uh, with uh, chapter 25, the parallel of the ten virgins. So let's go ahead and read that, the ten virgins, since I mentioned it. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come on out and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are gone out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the doors were shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they smiled. They said, open the door for us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day of the hour. Amen. What a beautiful illustration. There is so much on this chapter. But let's just go ahead and talk about keeping our cup full with oil. That's what we're doing, folks. I have keeping love in our hearts against discouragement and situations that could have come against us is our goal, our task, to stay trimmed up like the lamp burning and in the awareness of the Lord, doing what we need to do, reading the Word of God daily, praising Him, worship Him. If we don't put enough in the hopper, we will get angry and with people, so we always need to be pouring, speaking for myself, doing this kind of uh, activity. I love my life. I love the fact that we're reading the literature and we're doing the hard things early in the morning. Four in the morning. The Spirit of God gets me up early. Here I think it's six in the morning and I'm stretching and blessing God and and it's 3.30 in the morning. And I go, boy, I just went to sleep. Praise God. Let's break the Bible open. Let's crack the Bible open. 
Let us put our nose into the Word of God and work on our salvation with happiness and thanksgiving. The, the reading, I'm not going to try and explain uh, the, comment, the commentary because there's a lot of stuff that's way over my head. I'm going to need the help of another commentary. But let me say this. A lot of it was when Jerusalem was taken over on the A.D. 70 when Romans came in and they, they turned those stones over, those giant stones, they turned everyone. It must have been an amazing prophecy when the the uh, disciples heard what Jesus said. You see these stones? Truly I tell you, everyone will be thrown down. Oh my goodness. And today they're excavating through there and they're finding a lot of the uh, stones are still turned over. They built settlements on top of those stones and they're able to go in there now. Beautiful, beautiful word of God. We learn the lesson from the fig tree. It says, anyway, well, God bless you. May the Lord keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance, and give you praise. So today's scripture, memory scripture, you probably know it already. It's on 2435. Say Matthew 2435. Say heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away. That's one of the reasons we are going to do the promises next. We're going to go ahead and go through the uh, through the process of worshiping and praising God for uh, hopefully for a long time. And then we're going to take communion and we're going to pray the Our Fathers. And then we're going to speak the word of God out into the atmosphere. Amen. This is a shortcut for blessings and and enjoy it very much. I love you. Have a great day and wait around for our next podcast. Thank you. See you in the next clip.